Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm going to play the intro music. You ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to start over again because. (laughs) (laughs) I, I agree completely. Okay, here it goes. Welcome to Cars Unfiltered, episode two, where uh, we're figuring a little bit more out about this whole thing, and uh, we're bringing it to you ad-free today. So I'm here with Tom. Hello. And Adam. Howdy. And uh, what's on the slate for today's topic, Tom? Uh, well, we have, I think, one thing a piece, and then whatever we have in between those things. But we have... Uh, a little bit of random information that I found interesting about uh, 200 mile an hour supercars that are for sale. And then Adam has something about Porsche. And then you have something about Ford. Why do I always get the Ford beat? Well, because you brought it up. <laughs> You're also our resident Ford guy. Yeah, I suppose. It's true. I mean, it's kind of exciting, the Ford stuff. It's true. And it might get kind of ranty because I'm kind of ranty about Ford because I'm I'm a Ford fan. I think we're all Ford fans, actually. Yeah, that's why this is the best podcast ever. Is, is that why we're not going to have any Chevy listeners now? <laughs> bye bye, Bowtie guys. We don't want you here anyway. No, really, please come back. We need all the listeners we can get. It's true. It's true. We'll have we'll throw some Bowtie love out there. Ah, that didn't sound right. I don't think there's any way to say that. <laughs> that would. <laughs> We do, we do want you guys listening, uh, and gals, and everybody. So we'll tr- we'll try and keep it interesting and not we'll we'll try to keep the keep the uh, the bow tie hate down. Most days, at least. Yeah, feel free. I mean, they can defend themselves. Like they can comment, and you know, that's totally fine. Oh sure, for sure. Uh, but that doesn't mean we're gonna have to read it. Well. <laughs> We we will read all of the comments, <laughs> and definitely Some, respond. Someone will. We someone will. Uh, so all what's right, so, uh, what's the Ford news here, Mike? So the news with Ford is that uh, some analysts currently on Wall Street think that there's actually a future for Ford. Finally, um, apparently what? not reflected in today's stock price because, geez, what what a wall of red. But anyway. Um, in general, as, as a strategic perspective, the new CEO, Jim Hackett has taken a very, uh, for thinking step, which is not customary of Ford or in general, any automaker in uh, moving quite a bit more towards electric vehicles as, uh, a push for self-driving cars and things. So, so that's not really like huge so, so first of all, I just want to touch on the stock price. Um, down two percent today, down to twelve dollars and twelve cents. I bought today at twelve twenty-five. Full disclosure. Um, and I had bought previously at like twelve thirty-four or something as well. So, well, anyway, I, I could rant about the stock price quite a bit, but um, 
Mike, can you tell me a little bit about Jim Hackett and his background? Because I think that's kind of relevant and interesting. Yeah, so he came from Steelcase, which was a furniture manufacturer or is a furniture manufacturer. And he led their turnaround and recovery from possibly bankruptcy. I don't remember exactly, but if not bankruptcy, close to it. Um, and then from there, after he did that, he went to work at University of Michigan's football program. I'm not a football fan, so I may be wrong there. Um but he was uh, instrumental in turning that team around as well, I believe. I don't I don't know. It's it's out of well, mind. It, it's not things I follow sports. He's kind of known for um turning Steelcase into like I can't I believe it's like a 7-year um 7-year period of like you know, really good growth and prosperity. Um and then also he is known to kind of like rub shoulders with a lot of Silicon Valley people um which people when he was um, brought into Ford, people were thinking that, oh, well, this guy has all these connections with Silicon Valley and, you know, maybe it'll bring some new ideas and tech into Ford, um, which I guess, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, we won't see for sure for anytime soon, obviously, um, because unlike the furniture business, the cycle times in auto manufacturing are absolutely massive. So anything that's planned today, we're realistically not looking for anything to happen in, what, three to five years before the public sees it. So, um, so yeah, that, the proof will that really said, be in like 21, 22 time frame. But that said, there you know was stuff that was being worked on like three, four or five years ago now um, that maybe we'll get to see. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. And then one of the big things that... Um, people are kind of like from that the article that you um that you found is that they have this i thought this was kind of interesting but they have bought the option to purchase a startup called autonomic um provided that they hit some key performance indicators um as far as developing and building autonomous driving vehicles or whatever i guess whatever it is autonomic does um, so, so Ford has, I mean, talk about pressure. If, if you have a startup and it's like, oh, um, this gigantic company, you know, has signed papers to say, we're going to buy your company for X, Y, Z amount of money, but you have to do this first. I mean, those, the engineers and people there have got to be kind of, uh, oh yeah, under, under the gun. For sure. Right. I mean, that's not, that's not small potatoes in anybody's book. Um, but that said, I, I also don't know what Autonomic does offhand. But if it's in the realm of something that they think they can do, then whatever. They all stand to make a windfall. I'd be working real hard. Cool. Yeah. I was, so, I was to, so, yeah. Home. I was trying to look up Autonomic here, but uh, not seeing a whole lot on them. Let's see, a stealth, stealth startup out of Silicon Valley? That beats me. Yeah, it says it's. So I'm looking at an article here on Axios. It says not much is known about what Automatic is building. So something software related to self-driving cars. So that's kind of interesting because I know you know Hackett's kind of betting a little bit on the autonomous as well. You know, in the future, I've heard he's trying to simplify Ford's product line. You know, kind of move towards the. Um, what uh, what many people seem to think will be the more autonomous um, future of automobiles. 
Yeah. And <clears throat> I think autonomic, um, like, I think the, the interesting thing is people are noticing that Ford's taking this alternative, um, this kind of alternative path to trying to accomplish goals. And then also, too, I mean, on top of that, right, like you have, uh, I think it was a GM executive, I can't remember if it was a CEO or not, saying that, like, kind of laughing at Tesla and saying, oh, you guys don't know how to uh, how to do, you know, self-autonomous driving. And so that, I mean, that's, that's kind of interesting because, you know, the big three have been really quiet as far as like announcements and social media and everything. And now they're, maybe they're starting to figure out that, Hey, we need to be a little bit more public and a little like, you know, at least act like we're getting in the game. Yeah. See, I think that's one of the big downfalls with, as you say, the big three, which they're not anymore, but we'll still call them the big three. Um, one of their big problems with the auto industry in general, right. Is we don't, for the most part, um, we don't do a lot of tooting of our own horns, right? Like uh, you see out of a lot of the startups and whatnot in Silicon Valley. I mean, Elon Musk, what's he do? He talks about himself and what he's going to do, right? And the auto industry in general has just often been, or historically been a lot more secretive about what's going on and what their plans are because they're afraid of somebody else getting to market first, right? But the time for that's kind of over and everybody's doing the same thing. So you need to be automakers definitely need to be aware that they could hype themselves more. Oh yeah, definitely. I think, I think there's way more, um, self-promotion that could be done in the, in, you know, the, I guess, mainstream auto industry. Uh, right. And, and, and about the company itself, not so much like, Hey, buy this F one fifty today. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Tell, you know, tell a little bit more of that story. Cause I mean, those, the, the, the big three, as we've been calling them, you know, as they've historically been called, I mean, there's, there's so much history there. I feel like there's, you know, there could be a couple of really good marketing campaigns built on, um, on telling that story. And I think Chevy's starting it a little bit, um, with the centennial edition there. I've seen, they've got a centennial edition pickup coming out here. Um, so maybe we'll see a little bit of that from them. I think we should see, you know, hopefully more of it from Ford as well. There you go, yeah, some bow tie love right there. But even even that's going to be geared towards promotion of that vehicle, right? Right, right it is. So so it'll be like the Ford truck ads where we say that we've been building pickup trucks since what 1932 or whatever it is, right? Um, and so yeah, we've got a lot of experience and we could draw on that to build the current pickup truck, which is completely different. But it doesn't say anything to to the company, and it doesn't instill any. Um, any particular attachment to the company as a whole rather than, you know, the vehicles that the company makes, right? If you go and ask anybody what what they think about Ford, they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, I like the trucks, I like the Mustang or whatever it is that they like about it. But they're not going to be like, yeah, you know, I think Ford's a pretty good company. I like the way that they're headed. I like the direction they're going. And uh, and I think I like to see them around for the next 15 or 20 years. Yeah, you're not going to get that response out of very few people. Whereas with Tesla, I feel like a lot more people would say, you know what, I like the company, I like what they stand for, what they're trying to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I really like Elon Musk. You know, he seems like a decent guy. Let's keep him around. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, it's because, you know, of their, their purpose, right? Like, that's why it's such a huge thing. Like, they've declared Elon Musk, like, from the get-go, like, his story about himself is, like, I want to make it, you know, 
like nobody is moving on these technologies and I feel like it's my responsibility to make it happen and save the planet. Like, how do you get behind somebody, somebody that has executed it as much as Elon Musk and that his self-proclaimed goal is to save the planet? You know what I mean? Like, that's how you get a stock that doesn't produce like of a company that doesn't really produce any profits at all. And it's worth the same as companies have been around a hundred years. Right. Because people are putting their faith in the man at the top. And that man being vocal about what he's going to do is what gets people putting the faith behind mm-hmm. him. Yep. So anyways, what, what's, uh, what's our next topic? Let's move on from that subject a little bit. We're kind of beating a dead horse now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was, ooh, that was cruel. Dead horse. <laughs> Mustang. I don't know. That was ooh, too close. Wow, that was gee, too close. Tom, you didn't have to make the connection. <laughs> Somebody was going to. I, um, so let's. You want to talk about the Porsche, the Porsche thing? Yeah, I have no idea what this is. What are we talking? about? Yeah. So uh, interesting thing came across. I, I'm a big follower of Uncrate and uh, popped across there the other day. Um, Porsche has announced a program. Now, which, for those of us who don't know, what is Uncrate? Uh, Uncrate.com is a really cool website that just uh, they showcase a few new things every day, um, whether it's like architecture technology or cars whatever um so what what popped across my screen here the other day was this porsche passport program which is uh debuting in atlanta so you can now apply for access in atlanta um and what porsche passport is is it's a subscription based model for porsche's auto lineup so starting at two thousand dollars a month um you can subscribe to Porsche's auto lineup and have access to um, most of their line on some of the more exclusive cars like the 911 and the Panamera. Those are, I guess, more than the $2,000 a month, maybe the gold level membership or something like that. Um, So yeah, you subscribe to the Porsche Passport program. Um, you can drive any one of Porsche's lineup that you want. Um, they'll hand, they will deliver the new car to you. So let's say, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five, you're, you're gonna, um, you know, you're going back, back and forth to work and you want to drive a a Boxster. So you do that. And then maybe the weekend comes, um, you want to go somewhere on a trip. So, you know, you, you, take a Cayenne for that and they'll just they'll come they'll drop off the Cayenne pick up the Boxster and what's really cool about this $2,000 a month is a, you know a lot of money but it includes not just the cars but the insurance the maintenance um, hand detailing and the delivery so it's still a lot of money but it's, it's a really interesting model and I, I think you're going to see more manufacturers offering options like this this would be really, in- I mean, <clears throat> I think it's really interesting because there's a lot of these toy club memberships that have been popping up that probably people have probably seen like online and everything where, oh, you pay XYZ amount a month um, and you get to pick from their selection of cars, right? And even back, like, I watched a documentary, or documentary, I watched a uh, a clip, like an MSNBC clip back from like the early to mid 2000s of uh, a stock investor and he was like, yep, I just, you know, I pay $120,000 a year and I can walk in and take whichever one of these cars home that I want for, you know, however long. <clears throat> and 
you know, something like this is like interesting because so like right now, just from the fact, let's take the money, uh, the amount out of the equation for just a second, right? If you look at this, like, okay, I spend how much time like going and doing like details for washes, a little bit of time, right? Every once in a while for insurance. Um, and I don't know, just like, like stuff that I have to keep track of. Like right now I've been like trying to save up and figure out my, like my car insurance is coming up in November and it's going to be like a chunk of change. Right. So I'm like trying to plan for that. I wouldn't like if something like this, like I wouldn't have to plan for that. I wouldn't have like this other arm of like things I have to keep track of. I was actually just going to say, um, if you had like a, a spare vehicle, say a winter beater, because we all live in Michigan and that's a thing. Um, so say you had a spare vehicle somewhere, uh, whatever your classification of winter beater is, and you had the opportunity for something like this, right? Because let's be honest, in some cases, you, emergency situations or whatever, like you need to get thing, you need to get places faster than a car is going to show up, right? Um, unless you're in a city, obviously that you don't, but in that case, I feel like the car would be frivolous. So let's say you're in a city where you actually need a car to get around, um, this is this would still be worthwhile in a situation like that, right? Especially if it was by, say, a, a blue collar automaker, right? So, uh, say Fiat, right? You could you'd be able to rent a car from Fiat, or not rent a car, but pay subscription for Fiat for say a thousand dollars a month, right? And you could get access to a Grand Caravan when you need it. If it is it still a Grand Caravan? Is it is it a town and country now? I don't know what that van is. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, say you could, you know, you could get that when you need it, or you could get one of their uh, one of the Ram pickup trucks when you need it, or whatever the whatever the case may be, right? That would be actually for say for a thousand dollars a month for a manufacturer like that, right? Because it's not Porsche, obviously. Um, that would be a very useful service. I'd consider paying for that. Jeez. Well, and, well, and this is actually limited to a thirty-one day minimum. So that to me makes it sound like you're not tied into a year-long contract. So you could do this for like three months over the summer, you know, spend $12,000 and drive a brand new 911 all summer. That wouldn't be bad. Well, what's what's the interesting point to make on this, Mike? Uh, I'm not sure if I misunderstood you there about the car. You know, you got to get somewhere faster than a car that's going to be delivered. You already have the car with this. So you're, you're keeping it at home every night, whatever the when. You know, if you're driving that Boxster back and forth to work every day, you've got that car all week. And then, you know, you want to go to the lake on the weekend. So, you know, for that, you know, you want a McCann or, you know, whatever, you just call them up and say, hey, you know, I want a, I want a McCann, come pick up the Boxster. And they'll come drop off the McCann, pick up the Boxster. Right. So you're not waiting for a car to show up when you got to go somewhere. It's there. It's in your garage. Yeah, that's interesting. That wasn't how I was thinking yeah. about it. But yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. So I could really see, you know, something like this in the future. You know, I think we're going to see more models like this come out. And I mean, if, if we're going to go with Ford again, because we're all Ford guys. But I mean, if Ford had options like this, and they could have different tiers, right? Because you could just have, you know, an entry level that gives you, you know, access to XL and XLT level SUVs, you know, um, S level cars where, you know, maybe you drive a fusion every day, but on the, you know, weekend you got, you're going to Lake, you're going to pull your boat, you have them drop off an F-150 or you run to the dealer and pick up an F-150, you know? Um, and you, like I said, you could have different tiers for that. You could have the entry tier, get you the low trim levels all the way up to, a, 
you know, the, I guess, what do we call it? The platinum tier <laughs> with Ford would get you those yeah, high, right. those higher trim levels and everything. I could. Well, anyways, yeah, I think I think it could be more definitely more useful as uh, especially for, from the automaker's point of view once autonomous cars become more of a mm -hmm. thing, because then they can essentially just let the ma app manage yeah. it, right? You, you'd have a server someplace managing when all these things go places, and they, off they go. Right. Yeah. All right, Tom. I mean, so, what, what was your thing? What's your topic? All right. Yeah. So, mine is uh, supercar oriented. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, so this is actually an older article, and I mean, I, I, so I just wanted to quiz you guys. Maybe we should have like a game portion of the podcast. All right, let's so do we, a game portion right now. Yeah. Game, game, gamification. I guess I'll, let's make I guess I'll... You just wanted to use that. I guess I'll I close did. that tab. I did. And we were suckers for it. <laughs> I'll find a new one. I'll find a new one for next time. Um, all right, so <clears throat> Road and Track has an article from July 11th, 2017, okay? And it says, here's every new car on sale that goes 200 miles an hour or faster, okay? Now, you guys can probably imagine, you know, the Ford GTs on there, uh, Lamborghini, Ventador, some of the McLarens. Um, yeah, like, I mean, you guys probably have an idea of the lineup, right? <clears throat> Actually, one vehicle of note, is the uh, the Charger SRT Hellcat at 204 miles an hour, which yeah, I was kind of surprised to be on that list. I don't. The GT350 didn't make that list, did it? No. Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. I think it's I think it's limited at like 187 or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, <clears throat> would you guys? So, there's 22 cars in here. Okay. Would you like to take a guess at what manufacturer has the most? vehicles in this list of 22 supercars adam this is for you because i cheated and tom told me yesterday <laughs> oh yeah okay. crap well, <laughs> I, I closed the tab as soon as tom played his uh hockey music there um so i'm i'm literally just guessing here but the most over 200 i guess i my gut tells me ferrari so interesting. So Ferrari was in second place, actually. So in that list of twenty-two, there are three Ferraris um, that go over twenty or over two hundred miles an hour, right? And those are the eight twelve Superfast at two hundred eleven miles an hour, the uh, four eight eight at two hundred five, and I lied. There's only two. Oh, so if there's only two, I guess my next, my second guess on that would be Lamborghini. So actually, Lamborghini, which is I believe your favorite oh, uh -huh. manufacturer, supercar manufacturer, uh, there is uh, only two as well: the Aventador S and the Huracan. So we're not counting. So we're, we're not counting out. specialty models. That, you know, we're talking about just production vehicles. Then, yep. okay, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't have a third guess. All right, so, <laughs> well, here, here's one. This well, obviously, the uh, one that's kind of interesting is there's. Chevy's on the list once with the Cadillac CTSV at 200 miles an hour even. Uh, Jaguar has two vehicles, actually the F-Type um, SVR and the XE SV Project 8, um, which that's starting to sound pretty uh, flamboyant. And which actually the, <laughs> the Jaguar XE uh, SV Project 8, I, I read about thing about it a while ago. Like this is a pretty hardcore car, man, from yeah. Jaguar. Like, sorry, Jaguar. 
Jaguar. Um, but anyway, so enough suspense. The uh, the manufacturer that's on here the most for cars that do 200 miles an hour plus is Aston Martin. Okay. Um, yeah. So number one, the Aston Martin DB11 comes at a 200 miles an hour. Um, the Aston Martin at Vanquish, <clears throat> the Vanquish S at 201. And oops, I went past it. And then the the Rapide S at two hundred three, and then uh, finally the V twelve Vantage S at two hundred five. So apparently they're the uh, the manufacturer with the most vehicles that hit two hundred miles an hour, which I thought was kind of I wouldn't expect that because Aston Martin is known to be you know like powerful and stuff and luxurious, right? And not necessarily like raw speed. Um, How come there's no Koenigsegg in here? Yeah, wouldn't Koenigsegg have two? How come there's no Pagani in here? That's a good point, Tom. What's your list is faulty, Tom. <laughs> Dang it! I didn't think about that. Maybe maybe they're not on sale because you know honestly, like to get I don't I don't think you can get a new Koenigsegg or a Pagani right now. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what their production times or cycles or whatever are. I I think they're all sold out. I think those guys like actually pre-sell stuff. These ones you can just go and like to the websites and like order one. They even have a Bentley Continental Flying Spur on here <laughs> at 202 miles an hour, which is pretty intense. And then uh Porsche's on on here with a couple things, the 911 Turbo S and the GT2 RS. Um and then Ford GT and the two new McLarens, the 720 and the 570. Um, and then obviously the Bugatti Chiron. So Maybe they just didn't put anything else so in yeah. there because they ran out of slides. <laughs> God, I hate the slides. <laughs> well, no, I, I, would, I would not be surprised. Like, I'm pretty sure you could go and order a Chiron if you wanted to. Um. But I don't think like Pagani and Koenigsegg, like the you can get like used ones, you know, barely used, right? But to order a new one, I think that they sell out every year before maybe even one or two years ahead. <clears throat> um for their cars. So hmm. yeah. Although that said, you can't just go buy a Ford GT right now, right? Can you can people put orders in for Ford GTs yet, or is it still like invite only? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think that's still like you have to be very close with Ford in order to to get one of those. Yeah, likely. A lot of the execs have them. Of course they do. I do honestly. It's weird. You're driving around Dearborn, which is like one of the most mediocre suburbs in the country, and you'll see just like a Ford GT cruising by. <laughs> oh, you know, man. you see test vehicles all the time and whatnot, and then you're like, just yeah, there's there's a random GT three fifty R like just kind of cruising. Yep. Yeah, hundred twenty thousand dollar car. Yep. Five hundred thousand dollar car. Yep. Ford. And it's like I say, it's not like it's a city or anything. It's not anywhere spectacular. It's the most one of the most mediocre suburbs in the country. But that's that's it. Yep. So yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Like Aston Martin. You know, you think like ten years from now, you'll be able to buy. You know, two hundred mile an hour cars for like forty grand. Yeah, I would not have. I would not have picked them as my first choice. I guess I just didn't think about their uh, their lineup there. More to the point, Tom. 
when are we going to get one? An Aston Martin? A yeah. 200 mile an hour? Wait, an Aston Martin or a 200 mile an hour car? Um, Technically, I think I have a 200 mile an hour car. I don't think so. I don't think so, Mike. It's going to be like, like home improvement. I don't think so, Tim. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I could push it there. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, sounds like a good video. I, don't know. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But it could be Mike's last video. It's, that is very possible. I also did not say how much time it would take me to get there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Actually, if you wanted a good it's probably reason. Not. It's probably like a 160 mile an hour car. Did you? Okay. Actually, so here's a question. What, what is. Okay. And this is not like build your car. Okay. Right. But like, what car could you buy right now for like. Forty or fifty thousand dollars. That's a two hundred mile an hour car. I don't know. That's tough. I only know of one offhand. I'm sure there's more, but the one that I know of is the 2014 Track Edition GT500. Hmm. Yeah, likely. Those go like two hundred two or something like. I mean, that. I was I was thinking right if you pick up like. Because you could get a Mustang GT and put a blower kit on it and push out 762 horse. But that's still only good for like 170, 180. Yeah, because of the arrow. And then yeah, like that's, you're going to run into other problems. Yeah, and that's the problem too. Like any cars that I th- can think of, you know, that maybe be 200 mile an hour cars, like they have all have arrow problems. Like they weren't designed to accomplish that. And so you're like, you can put, you can make power, right, for a little bit of money. But you can't keep it on the ground like then it starts to get really expensive and that's just it you don't realize hitting 200 going from 150 to 200 miles an hour is huge like that is a huge step right and going from 200 to 215 is another huge step you know yeah, right exactly it's it's an exponential growth curve right that's why you, the land speed record is i don't know what it is at this point like 500 and some odd miles an hour i don't know we can yeah look that up. well but you, you see too, like if you remember, like any videos you watch of people like doing, like running the salt flats and stuff, like there with like stock cars, they get really close times and really close miles per hour because, you know, like that's just what it can do. And you get to whatever the car can produce and handle as far as arrow, and then that's like a wall without you know really changing some stuff. The. Uh... The land speed record is actually 763 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, but that was in a rocket-powered car. That was in Thrust SSC. There's actually an effort for Thrust SSC 2, I believe, um, by some guys in Britain um, who are trying to break the 1,000-mile-an-hour mark. They're, te- they're doing a lot of testing in South Africa, which is like the, the up-and-coming. South Africa or Botswana, one of the two. It's down there in Southern Africa anyways. Um and they're actually clearing an old salt flats there of all the rocks and, impu- and like small imperfections and whatnot because it's a very flat surface again. And the Nevada salt flats are Nevada, Utah, either whichever. Anyways, the, the Western United States, Utah, um, is it gradually eroding? It's becoming worse and worse. It's kind of turning into uh, a wetlands-ish spot. Uh, basically, the salt's disappearing. It's turning into mud. Interesting. So here, they blame it on some. They blame it on some salt miners and a bunch of other things. And like, there's a, a big cost around it. I kind of follow that kind of stuff. So here's a interesting uh, thing. I was just looking at. Um, let's see who did this. Car Throttle put out an article 
Um, and we'll reference that in the show notes, but this was two years ago they put it out. Um, the five cheapest ways to uh, 200 miles an hour, right? Um, one of the cheapest mm-hmm. cars on that list is a Mercedes SL55 AMG um, that apparently you can pick <laughs> up for somewhere around 20 grand, 15, 20. Yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Now, it was, it was electronically right. limited to 155, but it says uh, if it's if you unrestrict it, it's good for 208, is what Mercedes Benz says. Oh my gosh. There you go, Tom. It's time to buy a Mercedes. I think we have to do that. Or at least test drive one with a chip. Hey, how about we buy a Mercedes and we take that on the Alcan? Totally good. I mean, it'll probably cost about as much as the truck will. Yep. It may get stuck on those parts of road that aren't necessarily pavement, though. No, no, no. It's probably It probably has that button that lifts it up for, for uh, speed bumps. Oh, you think so? You think that's going to work in a $20,000 car? <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. You have more confidence in that than I do. Hey, you have, like, what, 500 horsepower? Between that and the uh, the bump the bump button, you could probably make anything happen. Yeah, I have more faith in my pickup truck in the current state that it sits. Well. Speaking of, we, we need to give our listeners an update of our uh, project truck. Oh, yes, which is? I drove to Tennessee from Detroit last Saturday at 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. This is this is what Mike does, by the way, everybody. And I I have been roped into these trips before, but this is just this is just how Mike operates. And I drove to Tennessee, and I got there about twelve thirty because that's when I told the guy I'd get there. And I picked up a Columbia two speed rear axle. Do you know what a Columbia two speed rear axle is, Tom? I do actually, because I watched on Netflix the TV show Narcos. So a Columbia two-speed axle is actually code for packing your entire axle full of cocaine. <laughs> that is not what our Columbia two-speed is. Yeah, so that's oh, why we went to Tennessee oh. at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess I was wrong. Okay, so yeah, so what's a Columbia two-speed axle? So, so Columbia two-speed rear axle was a rear axle that was it began as a dealer installed option and then transitioned into a a factory option and it was available on lincoln's mercury's and ford's from 1934 i believe um until 1948 and uh it was also available on some lasalle's and what it is is it's a vacuum operated solenoid that effectively takes the so there's two ring gears in the rear axle basically one of them's actually a planetary gear set but there's essentially two ring gears in the rear at, rear end which gives you two different uh gear ratios so you can have a taller gear for um pulling right for when you want to get up and go and accelerate and then you have a shorter gear i may have those backwards because i always have those backwards um but then you have a lower gear ratio for highway cruising so we'll be able to go to alaska at like 80 85 miles an hour cool versus like 55 or 60 that'd be a long trip (laughs) i like you tom but i don't know that i like you that much i don't think we'd like each other after that well it depends on how many burritos we ate along the way i mean taco bell is very easy road food it is in the consumption part (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so 
So when are we going to have another project update? Well, so I have to rebuild that. So you may or may not get updates on that. Likely not, because it's kind of a boring process. Um, but that the would next... make a great time lapse. Okay, okay, well, remind me and I'll set it up, but otherwise okay, I'll good. forget. Um, but actually, we'll probably have another update in a week or so, because Tom and I are trying to arrange our schedules to actually go retrieve my 80-year-old pickup truck and bring it to Michigan, where I can begin working on it again so that it's ready in 10 months. Nice. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're making progress, see? Yeah. Little Planning is progress. Poco y poco. And uh, the neighbors are going to just think that they live next to a redneck, which they do, so they should already know that. <laughs> well. It's a good thing I live in the expensive part of town, you know, with the private drive behind me and the golf course and all that. Yeah, so it's only your one... Your t- your two neighbors that know everybody else that drives by is just like, oh, it's just another fence. Well, except for the parts of the fence where you can see through and see the weird things that I have in my driveway. Yep. And the drone surveillance. Yeah, the, you know, there's helicopters that fly over my house all the time, make sure stuff's not stolen. I think they think I'm running a chop shop. Well, I mean, basically are. Well, if I am, then it is a very slow-moving chop shop because the same projects stick around for quite some time. I don't know how I make money. One of the least least profitable chop shops. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Uh, cool, man. Um, well, do we have anything else? Yeah, I think, I th- I think that's it for me. Tonight. All right, cool. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And if you haven't already, please click subscribe in iTunes or wherever it is that you're viewing the podcast, viewing, <laughs> wherever it is that you're listening to the vo- podcast. And uh, don't forget to check out our Instagram, uh, Cars Unfiltered there, carsunfiltered.com, um, Cars Unfiltered on Facebook, on Twitter. And yeah, if you uh, shoot us a message on any of those things, we will probably most likely get back to you. So let us know how we did. And until next time. I wonder if I can over, overlap effects. Oh, I can. I, oh, this, is, so bad. this is powerful. This is powerful. So bad. Uh, <laughs> and you got to fade that out a little faster at the intro once once somebody starts talking. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it kind of dips I down. Can Sorry. It. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it, okay. Sorry. All right. Well, on that note, I'm gonna get the hell out of here. I got.